Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA show and the Mismatch podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, guys, if there was ever a show for you to just totally tune out on, today would be the day. Jesse is gone. Jesse has COVID, unfortunately. Um, not dead. He's actually feeling right. I talked to him a little bit ago. I think in, in general, he's milking it. I find more than a coincidence that he did this on the week we were supposed to be um, moving our office, moving the studio, heavy lifting, not necessarily the big guy's forte, but uh, he will hopefully be back on Monday. Like I said, he's he's been out a little bit, but he'll he, he'll bounce back. He'll be fine. Um, so you got me for a few minutes at the beginning. We're going to have Mark Feinsand from MLB Network jump on uh, about 30 minutes from now just to kind of talk some baseball with us. It's one of the sports we neglect. Obviously, we get so caught up with basketball here, which after the showing the other night by the Celtics, I have no no desire to speak about basketball. I have no use for Jimmy Butler anymore. I think he's great, but like the over the overhype that happens with that guy now, he's all of a sudden the greatest two way basketball player in the history of of the NBA is ridiculous to me. I think it's just insane. He played unbelievable. The Celtics did everything they could to give the game away. So no Celtics talk. I know we go Celtics heavy on here sometimes. I just, I, I have no use for it. I did have a basketball note, though. I just have a couple things. There's no big picture today, no rundown, not even any music at the beginning. I mean, again, basically, when Jesse is not here, I I, I halfway mail it in myself because he does everything for me. So, um, But my only thing with the NBA, as far as the card market is concerned, is I do, I am starting to get some concern over pricing. Like, guys are so excited. The Luka hype train is stronger now than it's been in the past, I don't know, year and a half. I mean, ever since the, the market really, really dipped on Luka, guys have kind of chilled on him, even though he's a great young player, top five guy in the NBA probably at this point. But the level of hype he's getting now, it is well-deserved. But the co- here's the reason I'm nervous. I'm nervous about it for two reasons. First, I don't think they're beating the Warriors. And second, I still, as good as he is, I do think we're starting to kind of get caught up in the craze and we're going to forget that, man, the offseason is coming. I don't think they're winning a championship I actually think the Warriors are winning this in five. I think it's a bad matchup for Dallas. But I just, if you're a Luka guy, I have no problem with you. Like, you want to hold your stuff, collect them forever. You're just never selling the dude. Fantastic. Like, I'm happy for you. But I do worry these guys that have gotten all hyped up on Luka lately just because of Luka's price range compared to other people. Like, we've done a couple just comparisons. Even if you just compare compare them to people in the game right now, Luka outsells Tatum two, three to one on most cards and on the big stuff, five, five to one. I mean, he, he is, it's incredible his level of selling over guys like Tatum, over guys like Giannis. And granted, I think Giannis will bounce back at some point, like he has to. But I actually think the more likely thing that's going to happen is I think Luca prices are going to come down again. And so I am a little nervous and I, I've started seeing the stupid social influencers and I forget what the, it is these donkeys call themselves on TikTok and Instagram now. You know, reasons why, you know, Basically now it's the it's our fault in the card market that Luca prices drop and now he's coming back and you know if you sold him you early you were wrong you're going to regret it. I actually don't think that's the case. I don't think there is anything that's going to happen that over the next week, two weeks with this Golden State series where you're going to regret selling Luca. So if you're in Luca right now, short term, like you only got into him to sell at some point to flip whatever, even if you're into him and you've been into him for a year at crazy high pricing, I do think this is probably the best time to get out. Like, I don't think we're going to see any higher price than right now. I think they're getting knocked out by Golden State. Then we've got the offseason. We're going to see a clear drop then. 
I just, this hype with Luca, I'm excited for the guy, but it is getting out of control again. I, I've never seen somebody in the hobby get as much love as he does. And it, it, I'm not even knocking the guy. He's unbelievable. But when I just don't think the market is being realistic with, with what is going to happen to this kid in the next week or two. Again, if they lose to Golden State in four or five games, six games, whatever it may be, we're done. And I know everybody's riding this fairy tale ending of, hey, they're going to beat Golden State. They're going to win the championship. He's going to have a ring under the age of 25. That sounds great. I just think statistically, the, the probability of that happening is so low, I would be very, very careful. I feel like that too, as a matter of fact, on the other side. Miami is a phenomenal defensive team, probably the best defensive team in basketball. I get worried with this hype all of a sudden. The Jimmy Butler love. Jimmy is a great player. He was by far the best player on both sides of the court in game one. Again, a couple points, so just to keep us in check. The Bucks ran the Celtics in Boston, ran the Celtics off the home court in game one. That series did not work out great for the Bucks. I think the Bucks obviously had the best player on the floor because they have the best player on the planet at this point in Giannis. I think they're just as good a team as Miami with Giannis on that team as well. I, I'm, I just, the hype around Jimmy all of a sudden, the dude's been in the league, what, 10, 11 years at this point? I don't think he's winning a ring this year either. I think it's awesome. I, I, it's a great story. But all of a sudden, we're putting Jimmy on this superstar, unbelievable level. I just think the hype is getting too strong, which it, it's easy to do. Like The NBA playoffs are awesome. I watch every game at this point, even teams I hate. I think it's an exciting time. But I do. I am. That is my overall message with the NBA. Just be cautious. Like I would not buy anything right now that you think is going to just be a quick flip. Because I think the guys who you can flip, the hype is too strong. The, the buy-in price is too heavy. If you're going on the other side, though, I bought a nice Tatum the other day. I had a note here. I bought his 2017 Prism Rookie Auto. I think it's like the sensational signatures. It's a 9510, uh, not numbered. It was going for like 800 bucks a month ago. I paid 1100 bucks, probably the going rate right now. And yes, if they go on to you know knock out Miami, go on to run in the finals, I would sell it then and flip it. But I'm also just trying to be realistic. I just think that's a decent price for Tatum. But Tatum prices are so low. Again, when you compare them to Luka, I'm fine with that. If you want to buy Tatum stuff and stash it, you want to buy Giannis stuff in the next couple weeks and stash that, totally fine with it. But I do think we need to pump the brakes on some of these guys. Anyways, Jesse's not here to refute that with any positivity, which is nice. So that's it. We're just going to end on a whole negative NBA note to start. I get Celtics in seven and Warriors in five, for the record. Uh, the other thing, too, again, not to be negative, but this is the first time in a while I've actually noticed a bit of a slowdown in the market. Um, not a slowdown where people things are crashing, the bubble's bursting. Uh, and we've had some concerns and some questions this week, too. Like, hey, breaks across multiple platforms, difficult to fill, products not selling as fast as it was. 2021 football's dipped quite a bit. I think one thing, again, to keep in mind is timing. Uh, this is an issue because we have so many new people in the market. We have just, There's so many guys who have been in this a year or two years, which is phenomenal. The fact that they're in here is awesome. But it also means that certain things that are just well-known trends are not well-known by new guys. So this isn't so much a negative comment, but again, just a little bit of like reasonableness and, and just this time of year, especially the need for patience. So first of all, with regard to sealed product, wax, boxes, cases, you know, all that stuff, we just had a couple weeks ago Bowman come out, which is one of the biggest and best-selling baseball products of, of the year. Like guys spend more money on those Bowman products than almost anything else. Couple that with the fact that the same day NT football came out, which was going for 20,000 a case. This is kind of that little holding pattern where we're about a month out from that. People have to recoup money. You buy in heavy on a ton of breaks. Guys, the Bowman guys especially have sent a ton of thing, a ton of cards in to get graded. Probably haven't gone back yet. That money's tied up. NT football, quite frankly, it's an awesome product to chase because you could hit a, you know, $200,000 card or something crazy. But by and large, people just get crushed in those breaks. It's a big gamble. It's a big chase. So I just want to kind of just offer that kind of balance. Things are a little bit slow. That is kind of the reason. Not to mention the fact we're two months out from the national. Again, if, you, if you're new to the hobby, it's like, well, that's a card show that's two months away. That is an understatement. The national is, is an event. It is the mecca of the card world for really an entire week, the five days it's open. And you and you are already seeing guys make posts about this on social media as well. Like, hey, we're making our plans. Hey, we're starting to to stockpile this guy. Uh, or the the flip side of that too is, hey, we've already had all these cards. Rather than just be selling on a week to week basis like we normally would, 
Let's just hold them to have a ton of stuff to show in Atlantic City and try to sell in person. So huge releases, Bowman, National Treasures. Uh, even this week, there was a bunch of product released. And the fact that the National is looming, you know, like two months away, I, I just think we need to pump the brakes. Nothing's crazy has happened. The economy's also taken a wicked hit. Crypto is way down. The market is way down. That's fine. It It is really, though, if you're new, this is kind of a symptom that happens every single year. The slowdown after Bowman, and then it's like the slowdown because people really want to ramp up activity at the National. So with that in mind, I, again, just kind of a, a relaxed message on that. Um, Jesse, anything that? No? Okay, good. Next thing I do want to talk about was Sterling. Bo uh, Top Sterling released yesterday. Me and Jesse talked about this in the program the other day. I think the boxes are still doing about a thousand bucks a box. My favorite baseball product of the year. I don't even know if it's close anymore after seeing what I saw yesterday. So you only get two cards a box. It's running like 900 bucks is kind of the going rate on the market, nine to 950. Um, obviously, you can get into a ton of breaks. One note on that too, you'll see a ton of guys break this a little bit differently. We talk about like pick your team, PYT breaks, just kind of like a breaking, uh, a breakdown of breaking terminology real quick. PYT, the pick your team breaks are very popular. You go in, you know, you like the Yankees, the Red Sox, you buy that team for a set price. Random team breaks, hey, there's 30 teams, the overall cost of the product is $1,500. we have got to sell every spot for 50 bucks, and then you get a randomly assigned team. Those are the two kind of mainstays in breaking. But with products like Flawless, National Treasures, and again, this week, Sterling. Top Sterling, everything is numbered to 25 or less. You start to see serial number breaks. And those can go one of two ways. So it'll be a left-hand serial number where you'll get a number assigned to you, zero through nine. So if you get the one spot, you would get a card numbered 11 out of 25, or one, obviously a one of one would be yours, 21 to 25. Whatever the left number ends in, that is your serial number. The other thing, though, you see guys do with Top Sterling is you just get a randomly assigned serial number for the product. So any card number 24, 25, again, just one through 25 in the case of Sterling. Um, but we got some questions about that. Hey, we're seeing a lot of serial number stuff because of that in NT. That is all that means. It's just it's a little more expensive generally, but you really can only do that with products that are specifically numbered. NT is numbered 99 or less on every card, Sterling being numbered to 25 or less. This year, though, for for whatever reason, I think I, I do think it was tougher to get. Like me and Eddie, I say me and Eddie, mostly just Eddie. Eddie only got two boxes at allocation. For a dude who does as much money in sales and, and buys as much as he does from distributors, that's a crazy low amount of product. Uh, I actually got one box at allocated price from my other distributor. Um, this stuff is really, really nice. Everything is on card, a lot of patch autos. But then this year, they put in a ton of like one-of-one -one bat barrels. Um, my buddy Nate, I was watching Burns over at Grand Slam. He hit the Vlad Jr. autograph bat barrel. I also saw him hit a non-auto KB bat barrel. There's some cool stuff. And there's knobs, barrels, the one-of-ones, the cuts. It really is an awesome product. That is one of the few products, again, I, I chase. And I'm actually looking at the box on my desk right now. There's a good chance I just ripped that up by myself. Just because that's one of those who cares. Like, it's expensive, but you can get some pretty nice stuff. So... I would I would be a little surprised if that box is sitting here by the end of the week. So, anyways, top sterling, I like it. There's a couple products coming out tomorrow. Um, nothing too crazy. I'm really, really going to spend time. Like tops, Gypsy Queen comes out tomorrow, 2022. Hobby boxes are like 120, 130 bucks. It's it's okay. It's different. It's not really my thing. But if you're a set guy, so it, it's a 300 card base set. And then you get a bunch of like SPs, you get the minis, you get two autographs and three exclusive Gypsy Queen Chrome cards per box. Um, it's a super confusing product though. Like I'm actually looking at the sales sheet. So you have the missing nameplate parallel, or literally the name is not on the card. The burnt umber parallel, indigo, turquoise, so you've got all the colors, but then like missing name, missing number, reverse logo, logo variation, it is decent. Like for the price, it's cool because some of those SPs would cover the cost of the box. Definitely more geared toward like the set type. Of, it, it is like the exact opposite of Top Sterling. Sterling, you're chasing the crazy big one on one auto. In that product, obviously, you're chasing like, you know, SPs and just the base rookies that you're going to sub, um, things like that. So different, but fine. And then Panini Prism Collegiate Draft Picks Basketball comes out. This is the H2 variation. Again, it's it's the same product. It's the college uniform prism guys, uh, but it's just H two. So the basic breakdown again, like one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty bucks a box drops tomorrow. You get uh, five packs, five cards per pack, one auto, two silvers, two inserts, five other parallels. 
Here's all I would say about this. The draft class is awesome. Like Cade, Scotty Barnes, you know, Mobley. Great draft class. But with this product in particular, especially because it's coming out months later, normally this is a product that's out at the beginning of the season, but because of the delays in material, it's coming out way later. I think it's a fun rip. Like it's a, even the hobby box of this are a few hundred bucks. It's a fun, cheap rip, relatively cheap for basketball. I wouldn't want to be sitting on the product. Like if you're ripping that stuff, I would say rip with the intent to just have that stuff sold immediately because college uniform stuff this late in the year gets absolutely crushed in value once the real stuff pops out. So decent product. I don't mind it for the value, but I don't think it's a great product to like sit on and hold unless you're just planning on holding it long term because you're a fan of the of the team. If that's the case, don't ever sell it. Like whatever, have fun with it. But uh, if you are looking to turn turn the cards, just sell them quick. I wouldn't even waste time grading most of them unless they're really big autos or something. Otherwise, just sell it. So next on the list, just like going through a list. I miss Jesse. I was going to call Jesse, but the studio's ripped apart, so we can't make live phone calls like we used to. Uh, oh, we got our. Uh, I did want to update this from our YouTube series at Capital Nonsense. We actually got our SGC order back. We sent in two separate orders. Uh, the first one was like. 20 cards and it was a five day just because we have a promo so we got a bunch of that stuff for free um but we did get our marvel so we ripped that box of 1990 which was the first year marvel we got the first 20 cards back we actually did pretty good of the 20 cards we got five sgc 10s i think like eight or nine 9.5s four or five nines and then the one seven we got was on a hollow spider-man which was to be expected uh, but we did good on the cards that got a 10. Again, for you Marvel guys, I was kind of clueless about some of this. We got the Apocalypse, who's a villain. He was a 10. The Ghost Rider rookie was a 10. There was a Wolverine, a Captain America, and somebody... Oh, and uh, the... the oh, shoot. Mike, are you, a, are you a comic book guy? Yes. Mike's going to bail me out. Okay, what is the name of the dude? Uh, I had never heard of this guy. He has a series on Disney right now. Moon Knight. There it is. Moon Knight. Yes. Thank you. Mike coming in the clutch. I'll tell you right now, Ronick wouldn't have known that. Point for Mike. Ronick might have known that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and we got the Moon Knight. So there's another weird example, like in baseball, basketball, football. It's like, hey, if we're ramping up to the playoffs or if a guy's coming up on a career milestone, we see pricing go through the roof. That Moon Knight card six months ago was worth like 50 bucks. It's like triple to quadruple that now just because of that series. So like that thing is is super expensive. Um, Dr. Strange. So all our Dr. Strange must be in the other order. Um, but his stuff is way up right now. Again, I think it's because the movie's out. And then they must be doing something with She-Hulk. Because somebody said, have you been paying attention to She-Hulk pricing? Um, I don't ever need to see a She-Hulk movie, I don't think. I don't remember She-Hulk as a kid. Mike, is She-Hulk popular? Is this like a real... They're making a series. Oh, they're making a series. Okay, so that explains it. Because the pricing for She-Hulk is like through the roof, so... Um, there you go. There's a series coming out, but yeah, we had fun with Marvel. We, I mean, the box cost us like six fifty. grading cost all in all is going to end up being like a thousand bucks. Although again, we got our promo. Um, and I think they look really good in SGC holders. So we did these ones as a five day order. It was like nine days or 10 days door to door shipping there. And then they overnighted it back to us. So uh, we'll be selling a bunch of those. We're probably gonna do like a Marvel night over on the card shop live app and just do a bunch of live auctions because we've got all the greatest stuff, but then we just have a ton of other ones. Um, the only ones I was bummed about like that black Spider-Man, it's like a variation. That one sells really well. That came back at nine. Um, i trying to think the Thanos was the other one as a 10 does really well. Ours came back at nine, five. On the nine fives, we'll make a little bit of profit. On the nines, it's probably a break even, if not a loss, to a couple uh, for a couple bucks. Um, but the tens definitely did good. So I, I do think overall, if we can kind of hit that same stride with grading next time, we'll probably do pretty good with it. So um, we just—I actually did the live reveal on Instagram a few minutes ago. If you want to see that, you can. And if you don't, just don't watch it. Also fine. Um, I'm gonna hit a couple mailbag questions real quick, and then Mark's gonna jump on. It'll probably be a little bit shorter today. Mark will hang out for a bit. We'll do MLB talk. And then after that, we'll just uh, kind of wrap it up. There's a bunch of these mailbag questions that were for him anyways. Um, so we'll just hold off on that. But I do want to hit a few of these. First one is baseball, but it's card related. J.D. Pearson. This is a good question, J.D. We've got it before, and, and there's still no definitive answer that I've seen. He said, I noticed Jack Leiter, who I think was the two pick. I believe that's the pitcher out of Vandy. Um, he wasn't in Bowman draft, which is normal. The number two pick, they generally hold over to the following year Bowman. So like the number two pick who's drafted instead of being in 2021 Bowman that came out or Bowman draft that came out in December, 
Normally, they hold the number two pick and put him in Bowman, which comes out in April. That didn't happen with Leiter. And so he said, so when are we going to see his Bowman first? I have no clue. I don't know the... Con- I-, I looked a little bit. There's some speculation that it's contract-related, but I have not seen anything definitive. Um, the only thing I do know from experience, I got some Jack Leiter autographs. Um, they were put in a couple different Leaf products, and they were put in as a redemption. He did sign the cards, and I got those back pretty quick. So he is at least active and to some degree like his leaf redemptions are getting filled if you've got those but in terms of his first bowman i have no idea jd and it seems like it's kind of like a a bit of a mystery um i would be surprised unless there's something wild i would imagine he's going to be in bowman chrome pretty rare for them to hold out a number two draft pick until the following year draft which would be december but it's possible i mean until we see something definitive I would, yeah that's kind of just up in the air for right now but he's at least signing his leaf redemptions which is good um, Paul asked kind of a similar question we just talked about. Is Top Sterling the licensed equivalent of flawless or national treasures? Which is a good question because obviously in baseball, if you're not familiar, Tops is the only one with licensing to teams. So flawless and national treasures are Panini products. Obviously in baseball, they don't have the team logos. I don't really care. I actually love those products either way. Um, but yeah, Sterling is, is similar to like a flawless. I mean, per card, it's probably the most expensive baseball product of the year besides Transcendent, maybe. Because basically you get two cards for $900. You're paying $450 a card in these boxes. Flawless for a briefcase is 10 cards. I mean, $1,200, $1,000 to $1,200. So you're talking like $100, $120 a card. Um, even National Treasures, way cheaper. You're like $50 a card on average. So it, Top Sterling is probably as expensive as it gets I guess Dynasty is probably in that range too. I, I feel like Dynasty these days is four to five hundred. You get the one patch auto per. Diamond Icons is super expensive. Um, I'm trying to think because he asked about the hierarchy of, of Tops products. Those are the big ones in general. Triple Threads is expensive, but it's also a ton of boxes, a ton of cards, so it's not nearly as expensive as this. Tops Luminaries is another one. You get one encased auto or patch auto per box. Um, and there's another one instead of Tops Dynasty. It's Tops. It's Diamond Icons, and there's one other that I just could not think. Oh, Definitive is another one. I think Definitive is eight cards, and that'll go over a 1000 a box. But Sterling is probably, per card, I would say the most expensive one of the year in baseball. A um, couple other questions, and Mark's going to jump on here. Um, Rob had a good question. The closer we get to Topps Chrome returning to football and basketball, which he said hopefully, because, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what the licensing does with Fanatics there. Will we see Topps Chrome overtake Prism in the years they overlapped? This is a deep... I, I like this question. Um, this is one of the ones I highlighted. I think for guys my age and older, probably. Like, I, I don't have any real loyalty to Prism. Um, I, I re, it, It's fine. I think it's a good product, but I didn't grow up with it. It's not like, it, it's not like the go-to product for me in basketball. Um, it is on the flip side, on the resale side. And I understand, too, that it is the baseline in the market. But... Like, I'm 36. I remember, and I remember building Topps Chrome sets when I was a kid. Like, all the way up until, uh, what was it? It was a Paul Gasol, and who's the point? And Tony Parker. I think that was the 2001, 2001-2002 Topps Chrome basketball. I remember putting that set together. That was probably the last one I did. So to me, Topps Chrome, when it comes back, I'll probably be pretty heavy into. Like, I, I did like Topps Chrome, but I don't think guys that much younger than me care. Like there's a, a huge population of this hobby now that are 16 to 25. I can't imagine a 25 year old has any loyalty to Topps Chrome basketball or football. Like Topps Chrome football stopped in 2015. I think Jameis was the last year. That's seven years ago. So like if you're 20 again, say you're 23, do you really care about a product that happened when you were 14 and then you've had Prism your entire, you know, upper teenage years into your adult life? I think Prism is going to hold, is going to stay strong going forward because I think a lot of guys view Prism as like that is their set. Like Prism's been around since 2012. So if you started collecting Prism 10, 11 years ago, like that's the set for you. Like you grew up on that. That's all you knew. And it's been a beast ever since. And now it's for sure one of the most hyped products. So yeah, Rob, I think it's split. I think for us older guys, maybe, you know, maybe we go back to the Topps Chrome brand and Topps Finest if it comes back. But I think for the hobby, by and large, the younger portion of the hobby, I think they're totally happy with Prism, and I think they love it. So I don't think that's going to be, I don't think that's going to change by and large in the hobby. Uh, one more question. 
because this one's off topic from baseball, and then we'll get Mark in here. Um, Bam asks, what's your typical buying cycle for the year? So just to answer that portion, it is totally changed now from what it was a couple years ago. Um, he says, are you buying NBA now for the teams that have been eliminated, or are you focused on football before the NBA playoffs end? So it used to be, like football, we would start ramping up buying in like June or July. Like it was a month or two before the postseason, uh, before the preseason started, before the real hype began, you had time. For football, I feel like we are closing, like even right now, you're seeing guys like Tua and Jalen Hurts because of the offseason moves. The, those prices have really gone up. Even guys like Burrow and Herbert are starting to rebound because of the anticipation that's building. Even Derek Carr's had a, a nice bump in price because Devontae Adams went there. So I think there's still time for football, but in terms of the typical buying cycle, the last two years, it's like guys are looking for the next thing and they want to be, they just want to get there and they don't want to miss the window. So those windows have moved up. So I would say for football, I would be buying right now. And I think those guys I mentioned, Jalen Hurts especially, I don't know how great of a quarterback he is. I think he's decent, but the team made the playoffs. That division is garbage. And Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are, are unbelievable weapons. So, But yeah, I would say pick who you want now. Now's the time to focus on, on football. In terms of basketball, I would say hold off. Even if a guy just got eliminated, Giannis last week, I'm not buying Giannis today. If you're going to buy Giannis, just wait a couple weeks. I don't think there's any reason to rush into buying guys uh, who are eliminated. I think you have a little bit of time there with guys like that. So I would hold off on that. So uh, we'll jump back into mailbag after we get with Mike here for a few minutes. Uh, I'm Mike, actually. His name is Mark. Uh, and then we'll come back to some of these at the end. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, Visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, so Mark is here, thankfully. I've heard a lot of outrage. When Jesse is not here, people do not care for this. Me solo gets a little obnoxious. There's no one to keep me in check. I get on a lot of ranting. So thankfully, you were able to, to join. Mark Feinstein, MLB Network. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, my pleasure, Mike. How you doing, man? I just want to talk about how phenomenal the second half is going to be for the Red Sox. That's all I brought you on for, just to assure me that my team is coming back. What you know, the heck? it's funny. There's been so much talk early about, oh, they're going to trade Bogarts, they're going to trade J.D. Martinez, Eddie Baldy. And I talked to a bunch of executives this week. I have a story up on MLB.com right now uh, about who could be the sellers. And nobody was ready to say that the Red Sox were there yet. You know, it's early enough. The three wild cards this year. And, you know, the, the uh, walk is coming back. He was great before he got hurt. Chris Sale should be back for the second half. And honestly, other than those three guys in the lineup, nobody else is hitting. They're not right. all going to be this bad all year. So, you know, if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm not ready to, to wave the white flag just yet. Well, that's good. Yeah, and honestly, I feel bad. I've been so invested in the uh, in the Celtics. I haven't even messed around with the 
uh, with the Red Sox well, at all. You know, that's something they got going for them is that nobody's paying attention right now. Right. I mean, the Celtics are keeping everybody's attention. The Bruins, you know, we're, we're going into the playoffs and it was sort of like, Oh, the Red Sox will get to them in, in June or July. So as long as the Celtics are alive, people in Boston are sort of overlooking the fact that the Red Sox are off to this bad start. Give them a little bit of time to try to right the ship. All right. So we're not panicking because we got the Celtics. Red Sox are not big sellers yet. This is something that totally caught me off guard though. I'm curious if there is any validity to it. So speaking of sellers, Somebody said Juan Soto is getting traded. There's no way this is true, correct? You know, that's going to be a rumor until the day he gets traded, which will be not this year and probably not next year, but either the offseason or regular season after that. If the Nationals don't want to pay up, and look, it's going to take at least $500 million to sign this guy long-term, he'll get traded that last year. But no, they're not trading him. Unless some team says, here's our top 10 prospects, you can have them all. Uh, you know, they're not trading him with two and a half years left of control. And like, is it a money thing with them? Or are they well, just, I don't also, think- you know, they're also, they're, there's been a lot of talk about the learners potentially wanting to sell the team. So, you know, you have to wonder if you're trying to sell the team, is it a more attractive team with Juan Soto on the roster or a bunch of prospects nobody's ever heard of on the roster? I, I don't, I don't see Juan Soto going anywhere. The Nationals are off to a bad start. They're not going to be a contender this year. So it's only natural for people to say, well, they should trade Soto and get a Hall of Prospects. I, I, I would be shocked if that happens this year. Okay. Yeah, I read that some headlines on some useless like websites today. I was just like, how are you trading? He's like 23, arguably the best hitter in baseball. Who's trading this kid when he has yeah. years left on his contract? Okay. Yeah. I figured it was kind of an overreaction, but I was like, man, we gotta, I got I to gotta at least ask because – it came up quite a bit in the mailbag. Um, I did want to talk to, so obviously the, the focus this year, especially in the hobby, like there's definitely been a tendency for guys now. We had Miggy get his, uh, what do you get, his 3,000? 3,000, yep. Okay, and then we pool host. It's like at this point, he's leaving at some point. When he does, hey, this is a top 10 hitter of all time, or however, wherever you want to put him, and he's been underappreciated because he's stuck around so long. Um, I am curious, like, what do you think their legacies are when those two guys leave? I mean, Pujols is arguably top 10 player of all time. Uh, you know, you think about the first 10 years of his career, he was Joe DiMaggio. I mean, he right. was as good as there was, you know, a few World Series in St. Louis. Um, you know, obviously the huge numbers. He's, getting, he's approaching 700 home runs, got 3,000 hits. Uh, that guy is an all-time great. And I've always wondered, his cards to me have been kind of criminally underpriced. Uh, the, one of my favorite cards that I own is that 2001 Fleer double rookie of Ichiro and Pujols. Yep. Great. That's a legendary card right there. You got two Hall of Fame players. Um, Miggy sort of got overshadowed initially by Pujols because Pujols was the better player and winning, you know, more championships. And then in the second half of his career, even when Miggy was winning the Triple Crown and MVPs, Mike Trout was overshadowing him. He was, you know, going head-to-head with Trout and MVP every year. But Miguel Cabrera is one of the purest hitters uh, of his generation or of any generation, I think when their careers are over, Pujols and Miggy, they will be acknowledged as as two of the greatest pure hitters this game has seen, uh, you know, in the past 50 years. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned that card, like even his upper deck card, which is not that, it's like 400 bucks as a PSA 10. I'm just, I, the Pujols rookie, I just never, I never understand it. And there are two of the, I don't know where I ever learned this stat, but this is like my throw around stat when I want to be smart for people who are just not as smart as me, which is, not many people. Most people know this, but I'm always like, did you know there's two active players of seven all time who have 503,000? That's always like my big claim to fame that I know that for some reason. I don't even right. know where I heard it. And I've heard Jesse drop that line too. So that's our big thing. What's amazing to me is that if you have $500 to go spend on a card, you can go buy a Jason Dominguez card, a, oh, you know, God. Bobby Witt Jr. card, or you can go buy an Albert Pujols rookie. This seems like a no brainer. I don't know. Maybe it's because in the era that these guys, you know, they were sort of at the tail end of the junk wax era or the fact that they didn't have as many sort of fancy-ish cards, as many numbered cards, that kind of thing. But I mean, I, I, these guys' prices to me, they're they're insanely low for, for the careers that they've had. Yeah, and we've had some guys come on here too, like the card ladder guys. They're just like kind of the stat geeks for cards and like their big thing is like hey we saw this in in football yeah um herbert might be great 
but I can get an Elway rookie for nothing in a Marino. So th- those jumped. Basketball, we saw this, I mean, to the you know 5,000th degree of that. Like, hey, Zion might be awesome. Hakeem, at worst, is like the 13th best player of all time. At worst, right. let me just go get his rookie. You know, Tim Duncan is, again, like at worst, I don't know, the eighth worst, eighth best player of all time. I'll just go get that. It's funny, it hasn't really taken off like that in baseball, except Griffey. Griffey is like the one guy, which I get. Griffey was the only cool baseball player when I was a kid. Like, he has his hat on backwards, he was young. But aside from that, like, like one guy who amazes me, Frank Thomas. He had like a seven-year stretch where his numbers are like as good as anybody ever in any era. And his stuff is like relatively cheap. So I just... Well, my theory on that has always just been the era in which they, they played. When their rookie cards were, you're talking prime junk wax era. Yeah, I have Frank right. Thomas rookies that are worth $30. You know, yep. and it's, you're like, Frank Thomas is incredible. How are his cards so cheap? But it's just because from that era, I mean, from the junk wax era, other than those Griffies you were talking about, nothing. W- what are the next <laughs> biggest cards out there, right? I was going through a bunch of stuff with my with my son. He's gotten really into the hobby in the last maybe twelve to eighteen months, and then he's a Steph Curry junkie, and he all he does is collect Curry cards. But we were going through a lot of my stuff, and I'm finding Barry Bonds and Randy Johnson and Frank Thomas and all these guys, and and we're looking up the comps just to see if it's worth getting them graded. I don't know how they're going to grade. And even if they grade out as tens, they're just not worth that much money. Right. And you're talking about the greatest players of their generation, first ballot Hall of Fame types. And I, 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 it has to be the era of the cards that that's impacting. Uh, you know, maybe thirty years from now, when you won't find as many tens from that era, maybe then you'll see some appreciation. But right now, it's just it's just impossible. Yeah, I, so I think, so one thing we have started to see, which is nice, starting in 93, Topps Finest had that first refractor, which the Griffey there's, I don't even know, it used to be 10,000 as a high grade, it's probably much more. So we have finally started to see that, like the 93 to 97 refractor type or numbered parallels are going, but even at that, I'm like, man, I would rather have a 1996 Frank Thomas super low pop refractor than, you know, Spencer Torkelson, who might be great. I don't know. I'm not picking on Spencer, but I'm just like, I don't know who this kid is. Dominguez, Witt, maybe they're great. Even Wander. I mean, I know Wander's amazing right now and, and has his ups and downs, but and we've seen him play good. But I'm like, yeah, well, is he going to be... Like, the chances of him being Frank Thomas, Miguel Cabrera, Ichiro Pujols are just so slim. It is wild to me baseball's been that slow to like. And especially, too, because the vintage baseball market is crazy. So guys love to look back for baseball. It just seems, it must be like you said. I mean, the era makes sense with the rookies, so maybe we'll just see the refractors and stuff go nuts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I learned I learned a hard lesson that grading vintage is not an easy thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I sent in my Reggie Jackson rookie. Actually, I sent them in SGC because PSA was taken, you know, forever, and I like SGC. Uh, and I wasn't sure it actually got a seven, which I was pretty happy with. Dang. Uh, that's a Ricky nice card. Henderson rookie. My Ricky Henderson rookie did not fare so well. It got a 4.5, which uh, I was not thrilled with. And I actually thought the Ricky was going to grade higher than the Reggie, but you know what? A seven on a 50 year old card of a, uh, of a first round of famer. Um, I'll take that. Did you bought, you bought it just raw. I bought it raw when I was, uh, 14 years old. I traded oh, man. I traded uh, a few different cards and paid a hundred dollars cash. The card was about $250 raw back then. Um, and it was like, it, I, I was a big Reggie Jackson collector when I was a kid growing up. And my goal was to get every Reggie card that had ever been printed. Uh, and I, I did it at one point I had everyone. And now of course there have been so many more printed. Um, but that was sort of my Holy grail was finding that rookie Then we you know, unless they found one in your local card shop or, or at a show, Back in nineteen, you know, eighty-eight, you were there was no eBay, there was no internet to find them. So sure. uh, my local card shop got one in. He knew I had been looking for it, and uh, I traded him. I think I traded him maybe a Robin Yount rookie, another card, and uh, and some cash. And I got the Reggie rookie, and I've had it, you know, in a, in a box in my house for years. That's uh, a finally, tough grade. Uh, a seven yeah, on that? That's crazy. Yeah. I was I was pleased. Man, that that's and, not bad. That and the eight that I got on the Macho Man Savage nineteen eighty-five. Those are my two gems. And I those are, happy with those. I think that's huge money now too. The 85 set in general is like gone yep. crazy. I have a ton of those, man. We actually, I was just talking earlier in the show, me and Jesse ripped a box of 1990 Marvel. I don't oh. know why Jesse, we actually, I just got the first half of the order back. We did okay on the grading. Like I was super strict with them, but uh, I had fun ripping it. And I'm always just amazed though, when cards that old come back as a decent grade. Cause even that you're talking 32 years old. So, uh, but they did okay. 
Um, so let me just ask you this, and then we'll jump into a couple mailbag questions. Um, I had asked you kind of like, hey, hot, hot and cold starts, anybody like your eye is on. The only guy that came to my mind, is Judge going to keep this up? Because I just have this feeling like Judge is made of glass, and maybe I'm overblowing that. You know, the made of glass thing I think gets overrated because okay. if you look at the major injuries he's had in his career, and he's had a couple, he got hit by a pitch and broke his wrist. That could happen to anybody, right? That's yep. not a you're not a fragile person because that happens. Uh, you know, he dove for a ball and 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 broke a rib or had a rib cage injury. Again, that's not, you know, that that's a guy his size diving for a ball in the outfield, you're, you know, maybe he's got to be a little more careful with that. This is not a guy who's had the lingering calf issue that knocks him out for 50 games a year or the lingering hammy that knocks him out for 50 games a year. So as long as he can avoid those sort of freakish accidents, he's managed to, to stay on the field for the most part. Um, other than those freakish things, as long as he plays, he's a monster. He's an absolute beast. He's on a, the most high profile team. There is, you know, national TV, national headlines, uh, and the start he's off to, and don't forget, he's playing for a contract this year. So, uh, uh, okay, you know, he's motivated to go out there and put up a season like we saw in 2017 when he hit 52 home runs. So I, I'm not sure I would sell Judge right now. Uh, as, as much as his prices are going, I might even think about buying him right now because I think he's on a trajectory this year to have another one of those huge seasons. The Yankees look really good. Yeah. If he puts together a huge season and the Yankees make an October run, uh, you know, his stuff could soar. Sheesh. Uh, so let me ask his counterpart then too. So Stanton kind of is Stanton to me again, maybe I'm over, over hyping that, but he's another guy. It seems like every year he's injured at this point. I mean, are there, is there any chance he plays 150 games? Well, sure. I mean, he's actually stayed healthy recently. Um, you know, he's, he's been healthier. He sort of flies under the radar, which is amazing for a guy with a $325 million contract. But if you look at his contract, he's making 25 a year for the numbers he puts up when he's on the field, it's actually not overblown compared to what it was when he signed it. Uh, I think the fact that he can play second fiddle in New York, and I don't think he minds that he doesn't need to be the face of the team. He likes to have judge hitting in front of him and taking all the, all the attention away. Um, I don't think he will ever have the same kind of love in the hobby that judge will, because, you know, his rookie cards are Marlins cards. They say Mike on them. You know, they're not, uh, it's not the same as Aaron judge coming in, always in pinstripes, always in New York, rookie of the year, big, you know, Stanton's numbers have been great. He's won an MVP. Um, both of those guys would benefit greatly, I think, hobby-wise by uh, by winning the World Series. Yeah, and I think the other thing with Stanton, too, is it, it even though he's had decent numbers, like there was a time when he was the most feared home run hitter in the game. He had like that three-year run in Miami, it felt like. And then it's like when you drop off, it takes it when you drop off for so like for a number of years, it's like, man, to get back, he he just ha- would have to do something so crazy. But I will say this, he's put up very good numbers in the postseason. I mean, last year, that that series against the Red Sox, you know, the Yankees okay. were were dead in the water. You Next guys topic. won. What do you what do you the Red Sox won the series? Just, uh but but Stanton had a great series. And he's shown that like the pressure of October doesn't get to him. If the Yankees can put together a run and he can thrive in October and play well. That that's the chance you're looking for. That's what you're talking about to get him back up there. That's going to have to happen. And they said too, it's like one of the fastest. I, I forget the exact stat. It was it seemed like it was all Yankees too. Like fastest pair of teammates with either ten home runs or twenty five total or something. It was like the third quickest of all time. Right. I was like I mean, it'd be cool to look if they stay, if they stay healthy, they're going to match. There's no question about it. Yeah, and I I mean I hate the Yankees, but I, I actually would like to see Judge do that because I think he's so good. He was actually one of the first. Him and Bellinger are what really got baseball going in twenty. Was it like 2017, 2018, 2018? That whole run, yeah, it was insane. Like that is really the first time this market went nuts. So I, I would actually like to see that. Um, anybody else off to like just a hot start? Your boy Arenado's done all right. Nolan Arenado's having a very nice season so far. I think he's the first guy I ever talked to you about. He is the first time I came on the pod with you. I was snapping yep. up a bunch of his stuff. He's one of those guys that he doesn't he doesn't wow you necessarily year to year, but all of a sudden he's going to retire in ten years, and you're going to look at his numbers and go. Well, that guy's a Hall of Fame player. He reminds me a lot of Adrian Beltre in that great okay. third baseman, very good offensive player, puts up really good numbers year to year. Never is thought of as one of the top three guys in the game, but the consistency he's had over the course of his career has been great. The other guy I'm looking at, Manny Machado, I know a lot of people don't like him. Uh, hell of a player, off to a really good start. Padres are off to a good start. Uh, you know, he's got an OPS over 1,000. The only guys in the league with that right now are Machado, Judge, Trout and of course Taylor Ward, who you know is as big of a 
fluke. Is he still with the Angels? Taylor Ward? Okay. Yeah, he is. He's, uh, He's, he's the best player on a team that has Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. It's pretty good. Um, but, you know, Machado's having a really good year. The thing that people forget about Machado, he's not even 30 yet, right? So, so yeah. when Mickey had that 3,000 hit, people started looking, will we ever see another 3,000 hit again? And the one active player right now that you can look at and say, this guy's got a legitimate chance is Manny Machado. Never seems to have a whole lot of love in the hobby at all. Right, his stuff. I think you can look at others. No, you're right. Cheap. Absolutely. Um, this is a guy who, if he continues to do this for another ten years and gets to that three thousand hit, you're looking at a guy who's very likely going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I think this is a good time that if you want to sort of long term buy a couple things, don't look for the you know the month from now flip. Buy some rookie cards, throw them in your in your safe or, or your box or whatever you got, and just leave them there for ten years. Machado's a guy I would look at as well. So you you mentioned the guy too just a second ago, Otani. You know his power is is not terrible this year, but it does uh, obviously the average has struggled. W- what's the deal with Otani? No one cares about average. <laughs> that's what I always think too. By I the mean, way, I, I always have thought that's the most overrated stat. But for some reason, the hobby now is like quoting average to me. I'm thinking, when have we ever cared about batting average? Just hit home runs. Yeah, hit home runs. You know, in his case, strike people out. Yeah, and uh, and you'll be just fine. I mean, you know, he's hitting 253. Let me tell you, 253 this year is about. 15 to 20 points above league average. So if you look at it that way, he's above league average in terms of hitting. He's got eight home runs. He's still going to hit a lot of home runs. Um, Obviously he also has that aspect of being able to go out there and strike out 11 in a game. So uh, Otani, look, it's going to be really hard to follow up last year. Last year was arguably one of the greatest seasons, about the greatest single season a player's ever had uh, with everything he did. So, you know, it's a really impossible encore for him. But uh, I think the fact that international market, Japanese player, that will help his value in the hobby as well. Uh, I don't think you're going to go wrong holding Otani stuff. I, that's another team too. I don't. I I could care less about the Angels at all. But the fact that they're like I don't know eight or ten games above 500, I would love to just see them make the playoffs. I always hate every year. It's like who's the best player in baseball? Trout. What do you do in the postseason? Didn't make it. Not his. Hey, I'm not there. Played there for three games in 2015. Yeah, and, and it's not his fault they haven't. Like, I'm not blaming him, but I'm like, man, if you could get the name in the game in the postseason, like, I just think that would be good for the market in general and obviously Otani. So, Mike, um, before we get to the mailbag, I have a mailbag question for you. Okay. It bothers me to no end Uh-oh. that pitchers get so ignored in this hobby. No and I love. don't, you know, now I hear you talk all the time about in football, maybe wide receivers will start stepping up. Um, you know, basketball, maybe big men will start getting some love pitchers are the most important people on the field in baseball, yep. right? They get paid starting pitchers get paid more than everybody else, right? You've got three guys right now playing in the big leagues who are first ballot lock hall of famers. Okay. Hang on. Scherzer, Verlander, Verlander, Scherzer. Oh, the fact man. That you can't even remember right now. The third one is, is my point. He's Granky? won three Cy Young awards and a world series. Granky. Nope. Oh, this is terrible. He used to pitch with Granky. Used to pit. You know, we're not moving on until I get this. Hang on a second. ALNL. NL. This is terrible. I, this Even is, Jesse would get this. I'm, oh, man. Now I feel t- I, it's too much pressure. I am the trout in the postseason. I can't handle it. Just tell Plays me. Plays in the same city as trout. So he's a Dodger? Who this the is ha- embarrassing. I know. I uh, Nothing. Clayton Kershaw. Ever heard oh, of him? goodness. Yeah. I mean, oh. come on. You I mean, are no longer allowed to tell Jesse he doesn't know anything about sports, okay? He's such a fraud in the postseason. I struggle, which probably is not true, but he won the okay. World Series two years ago. I he, was know. A, he was part I... of it. My point is Kershaw, Verlander, Scherzer. These first guys ballots. are three first ballot legendary winners. Yep. Their stuff is still relatively cheap compared to hitters. Why can't pitchers get love in this game? I don't understand it. Is Granky a Hall of Famer when he's done? He's, he's probably Maybe. there. He's, he's, he's okay. right on that cusp for me, but I, I think he probably. I don't think he's a first ballot guy, but I think he'll ultimately, you know, you look at his career, you look at like a Mike Messina's career, very, very similar. Okay. So, you know, it's funny you say that. We had just talked to a guy who's a big, uh, huge hockey fan, hockey collector, big in the hobby. Oh, I listen. It's this, oh, yeah, Jeremy Lee. It's yep. the same with goalies, which I've always said. In any postseason, I think the goalie is the most important person, goalie or quarterback, like in any postseason series. Because I think a goalie can just single-handedly win. No love. Like, so goalies, pitchers, Defensive players in football, I, I, and what's wild about pitchers is 
they'll get momentary spikes. Like a couple years ago, there was a pitcher for Detroit. Now I can't think of anybody's name. He was a young kid. Oh, Casey Mize. Casey Mize went on some crazy streak, and I think he was only in double, triple A. Shutout innings, scoreless innings, whatever it was. His stuff went through the roof. He had one bad outing, and it erased everything he had done. Like, so not only do they not get love, when they finally do, it's like you throw an error, an erroneous pitch. Got one wild pitch, you're gone. I don't know. I've never understood it. Madison Baumgartner's another guy. I know he doesn't have the career of those, but he is like the Derek Jeter of the postseason of on the mound. No love at all. So I, it makes no sense to me. I have no clue why. Pedro's my favorite player of all time. Insanely cheap market. Never understood it. I bought a couple of Pedro rookies because for that I, exact reason. I love Pedro. Pedro I, Martinez. I took my son to a show last weekend, a local show around here. And we're walking around the tables and I see like eight different vendors have Reed Detmer's cards in their, in their thing. Yeah. I asked each one of them. I said, let me ask you a question. Answer me honestly. A week ago, before he threw his no hitter, did you A, know who Reed Detmer's was and B, <laughs> know that you had any of his cards? And every one of them was like, no idea. I've heard yep. his name. I went, I think I have something of his. And, and, and they went and found it and put it out. It's, you're right. Casey Mize, I got a bunch of his stuff too that my son wanted to collect. You know, Mize, Deadmers, some of these pitchers, you look at, you're like, these are going to be really good players. And then one of my friends says to me, why are you buying any pitchers? They, they, nobody cares. I just don't understand it. It doesn't yeah. make it. I get like a wide receiver. You need a quarterback to throw him the ball, right? Jamar Chase isn't as good as he is without Joe Burrow. A pitcher, Teams don't win the game if the starting pitcher doesn't go out there and do what Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw do, and yet there's just no appreciation for them in the hobby. And I, it's it's one of those things in this industry that I just don't understand. And then the funny thing is, then you got a guy like Hunter Green. His first or second outing, he was hitting. He hit like a bunch of pitches over a hundred. Took off for like a week. Yeah, I'm not mad that he did, but I'm like his ERA wasn't that great. He was like just a decent. Couple of the decent starts, but it was like hitting a hundred. It was like enough to like just throw the hype machine. Well, he was he was a huge prospect when he first came in. Yeah, the, number two pick. Drafted. Yep. Remember, he was he was going to be the original big two way player. Yep. And eventually, took him off the hitting part and let him focus on pitching. But you know, he was uh, he was supposed to be the next big thing, and uh, obviously, it hasn't worked out. But but now he's finally you know he's part of that no hitter, <laughs> the no hit loss the other day. Uh, but you know, he's, he, guys like him are good for the hobby. I think just because, uh, and good for the game in general, he's a very charismatic kid. People love going. I mean, he's, he's already thrown more hundred mile an hour pitches this season than any pitcher has ever thrown in a season. We're in middle of May. So, uh, yeah, people like the hundred mile an hour heat. Like they like home runs. I guess I like Jack Leiter's another guy. Somebody had a question about, cause he, we have not seen his Bowman first card yet, which is weird. I don't know when it's coming out, but again, I'm like, guys, that'd be in Bowman Chrome, right? I thought it was going to be in the current Bowman, and I haven't, I haven't seen it anywhere. It's yeah, it's not because they always hold. So like Hunter Green, this happened to the number two pick in twenty in the 2017 draft, but he was inserted into 2018, which ended up being great. Lou Bob Otani, but Hunter Green was the was on the box of 2018 Bowman. Yeah, I don't know what's up with lighter. I don't know if it's a contract thing or what it is, but we'll see but the same thing even when he does happen like i tell guys i wouldn't get that excited like i don't he's a pitcher i don't know what that's he's what supposed told, to do I, that's what i told my son he said well, we're gonna be chasing a jack lighter i said are we he's a pitcher yeah just wait a week and buy him for like pennies on the dollar so <laughs> right. um wait till his first bad start yeah all right let me throw a couple questions i'll let you get out of here i appreciate the time um so going back to arenado it's a this is this supposed to be a personal one chris asked Ask him why they ranked Arenado as the number three, a uh, number eight third baseman in baseball this year. That must have been a preseason ranking, because right uh, now he's got to be way up there. Well, I don't know who they is. He yeah, never okay. been my uh, eighth third baseman. There are some things on MLB Network. Brian Kenny does his thing with his his shredder, where they go through all the uh, you know advanced analytics and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Maybe he came out there. Uh, to me, Arenado's top three or four on any list that I would have ever made, along with. You know, Machado, Devers, uh, I'm sure I'm missing some other guys who are obvious, but, uh, you know, Arenado to me has always been, uh, you know, if, if not the best third baseman in the game, uh, certainly, you know, Jose Ramirez, Arenado, Devers, Machado are probably, probably the four right now that I would point to. Okay, cool. A couple of the questions. So this one's a buy, sell, hold from Joel. So he's got J-Rod, Spencer Torkelson, Bobby Witt. Buy, All sell, kids. hold. I would say right now, if you're if you have to pick one to sell, it's got to be J Rod. He's off to the best start 
uh, of the group. I wouldn't sell any of them personally. Uh, I think all three are insanely talented. You know, Torkelson's going to be a big bopper, big home runs, uh, sort of the heir apparent to Miggy. Um, you know, college kid, he's a seasoned kid at his age. He's not some high school kid who's coming in at 19. Um, and wit, I mean, I had one general manager tell me that he's the most athletic player in all of baseball and really, and they, they love him. So, uh, you know, I, I have not met anybody who has had a bad word to say about any of the three. I would say the only reason I would hesitate to say bye is that for all three of them, their prices are already so insane. Right. I don't know that they're going to come down. Um, but maybe you wait. See if see if they come down a little bit at some point, uh, but those three in particular have have really thrived. Where it's like you look at a guy like Jared Kelenic on Seattle, he just got a, sent down, right? He just got sent down again. You know, Kelenic yeah. and Joe Adele are the two guys who have really taken just a huge hit. I still think Kelenic has a lot of promise. I think Adele does too. Uh, Adele's got a few shots already, so I, you wonder when the Angels are going to give him that next shot. Kelenic's going to come back up at some point. If his prices get low enough, he's a guy I would say you maybe look at him in terms of a buy. Okay. Uh, actually, speaking of another guy who just got sent down, did the Twins screw up sending Royce Lewis back down to AAA? If because if Correa stays in um, in Minnesota, does Lewis change positions? How does that impact his hobby value? I don't think anybody's looking at Correa as a real long term in Minneapolis. I think that's you know he's probably going to opt out after this year as long as he's healthy and had a decent year. Um, I don't know that they screwed up. I mean, I think even if you're going to move into another position, you got to have him do that in the minors. So he wasn't playing shortstop in Minnesota while Correa is there, and he wasn't going to play another position in Minnesota right now. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they take away some other positions. But I think, you know, I think the, the thought process generally is that Correa is not going to be there for, you know, until he signs a long term, long term deal that doesn't include annual opt outs. So Lewis could still potentially be the, the shortstop there. Okay. Got a couple of questions about Wander. Like, you know, he's hot and cold. Is he a buy, sell, hold? What do you, I mean, I know Wander, it sounds like the consensus is still, he is going to be a top 10 guy for the next decade. In terms of like buy, sell, hold on Wander, I, I would imagine you're still kind of a buy, hold type or. Yeah, you, I would, I okay. wouldn't sell. Well, I wouldn't sell unless you can find people who are willing to pay the prices for him that they were two months ago. Right. Uh, Cause he's down you know, like 25, 30%, which is. Well, when, those, when, when top series one first came out and his rookie was fresh, the people who rushed it to PSA and, and then were getting $2,000 for it. Uh, that was insane. Right? insane. I mean, if you, if you buy enough, go out and buy, here's a challenge, go out and buy five top series, one blasters. You're going to get four wander rookies. So right. there's a know, ton of them. There's a ton of them. This could be the first baseball card that I think challenges in that realm of like the Zion uh, grading pop. I mean, people were so high on this, and there are so many of them right. that I could see. I could see this being one of those where there's, you know, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand graded uh, versions of his card, and and that's obviously going to hurt the value long term. I think he's still a good hold if you have some sort of a real limited card or auto or something. And you know, I'd wait maybe till he goes. You know, if he has a big couple of weeks or he makes the All Star team or something like that. Then maybe you think about selling, but I think you know, long term, he's uh, he's a pretty safe hold. Nice. Uh, Adam asked a question. I mean, he asked about the buy sell hold on Judge. It looks like he's still a hold, maybe even a buy. But his second part, I, I actually don't know these one. I believe these guys are all twenty twenty draft picks, but I could be wrong. Which Yankee prospect gets to the majors first? Uh, I'm going to butcher most of these: Pariza, Sweeney, or Pereira? Pereira? Oswald Pereira. Okay. I would say. Peraza's got to be the one who gets there first only because he's in triple a. He's definitely the closest. Trey Sweeney was their first round pick last year. He's in this year's Bowman set, the new one that just came out. Okay. Um, and you know, Anthony Volpe is obviously the guy. A lot of people have been looking at as well. Uh, he was our first round pick a few years ago. He's uh, in 2020 with Dominguez. As a matter of fact, Volpe right. is. and he's, you know, he's playing in double a right now. He's been struggling a little bit this year, but he's still 20 years old. I saw the kid in the spring training, talk to him a little bit really poised, really charismatic, not afraid of, of what the expectations are for him. And he's a Jersey kid. He grew up right near Yankee stadium. He's, he's a kid who I think is going to be legit. If he's off, he's off to a bad start this year. I haven't seen his numbers hobby wise. If those cards are coming down at all, I would look at Volpe also because he's, this kid's got star written all over him. And Volpe is down just because he got so he he became like the secondary buy out of that product because because Dominguez was so expensive and then all well, of a sudden, I on the prospect list he passed Dominguez last year he like oh really so okay. Dominguez was the Yankees number one prospect and Volpe was like two or three last year's prospect list came out MLB Pipeline 
And Volpe was the Yankees' number one prospect. I think he was a maybe even a top 10 in the whole game. So uh, he's a guy who all of a sudden got a lot of hype and and it showed with his prices in the hobby. If if the slow start at double A this year, and again, I haven't looked at the numbers, but if they're bringing those numbers down at all, that's a guy you should look at. Okay, I just got two more for you real quick then. Yeah. Um, so this one, question from, uh, from Jeff. Question from Mark. Who are the front runners for MVP right now? And are there any dark horses we should be watching over the summer? Well, I think you have to look at Judge in the American League. I mean, the Yankees are obviously off to this historic start, and uh, uh, and he's just been unbelievable. Trout is certainly in that mix as well, uh, given that he's having a phenomenal season, and the Angels are actually winning. Uh, National League's a little tougher. I mean, Arenado's having a great year. Uh, I think uh, you know Machado got to be in that mix as well. Um, you know, Freddie Freeman is not having as good a year as he had before, but he's he's still having a really nice year for LA. I mean, I think Machado and, and, and Arenado are probably the two that I would look at in the National League right now off the top of my head. But if, of course, I'm going to I'm going to hang up with you and go, oh, how did I forget this? Guy? <laughs> Forgot this guy. That's pretty much what always happens. Well, at least you could remember Clayton Kershaw. So you have nothing to be ashamed, you have nothing to be ashamed <laughs> oh, of here. I'm not going to let that go for a while, Mike. It's I, you know what's funny. It wasn't even a, like I was like, oh, it's just some sleeper name I just forgot about. No, yeah. I mean it's Kershaw. Yeah, it's sad, very I mean, sad. Lock first ballot Hall of Famers aren't typically sleepers, right? <laughs> Again, <laughs> another valid point by Mark on this one. I miss Jesse. Uh, all right, yes. let me. I'll, I'll end it with this one then. Thoughts on Jordan Alvarez? Um, and this, uh, Josh mentions, he, he seems like a good buy right now because his pricing, he's a guy too, came out crazy hot after the 2019 Bowman Chrome first, had that one great season, then kind of really struggled since then numbers. But I say really struggled, he struggled. I mean, what what's his forecast look like for the rest of the season, in your opinion? I love him. I mean, he's already got 12 home runs in 33 games. He's on a pace for a, a monster, uh, a monster power season. He's on a team that's going to contend, probably win that division. Uh, and you know, as you've seen Houston, let, uh, Springer go and let Correa go. Um, you know, Jordan's one of those guys that they could decide to build around much like they did, you know, five, six, seven years ago when they signed Altuve to a long-term deal and they signed Bregman to a long-term deal. I would not be surprised if Jordan Alvarez is the guy that they say, this is the guy we're going to, we're going to make the centerpiece for our team going forward. I mean, his rookie year, 87 games, 27 home runs. OPS over a thousand 2020 in the, uh, in the pandemic season, he only played two games. He got hurt, but even last year, 144 games, 33 bombs, 104 RBIs. Uh, this guy is legit. This guy is legit power. You know, his, his one full season he produced his one half season. He produced, he missed the, this is the, uh, the pandemic year, but other than that, and now he's come out and already hit 12 bombs this year. So, uh, this is one of the best pure power hitters in the game. He's young. Uh, and I could see him being a you know a guy that that you really need to to pay attention to for the next you know ten plus years. I threw a bunch of money at Bregman before the season just because, but he's weird. It's almost like people have kind of forgotten him like that because he had that stretch where he was like, I don't know if he won an MVP, but he was like top three two years in a row, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he didn't win, but he's been up there. Um, yeah, I know, just feel like now he's come down. It's like I don't. Know, it's almost like he's forgotten, which is weird because he's still like, young. I feel like Jordan Alvarez and Eloy Jimenez were sort of on that same trajectory level because Eloy keeps getting hurt. Jordan's back and producing again. Uh, again, I think you have to look at the pops. I think I think Jordan and Eloy both have pretty high pops in terms of their rookie stuff uh, graded. But Jordan seems like as long as he can avoid injury, um, he's he's going to be the real deal. Nice. Uh, I'm not going to ask the rest of these. A bunch of questions about the national because it's been like a hot dog. Are you going? Will you go to the show in AC? You know, I, I really want to. I only live an hour and change from there. I was wondering. Okay. My biggest problem is that the the show is like the week before the trade deadline, which is basically the busiest week I have the entire year. Gotcha. Uh, so it's going to be pretty tough for me to get down there. Uh, I have a few friends who are making the trip, and I'm sure I will hear a lot about, uh, oh, I can't believe you missed this. But, <laughs> uh, you know, one of these times when you get up to this area, we got to uh, got to get together. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was hoping to. Man, I was... Yeah, I thought AC, and then there was another... Oh, I'll actually be in... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Bleaker Trading. I gotta get... I don't know where that's at. I think it's in New York, New Jersey line. We have a trade night up there we're doing on the 7th of June. I gotta figure out when that is. I don't think um, Jesse's coming out either. That's a Tuesday, and I know that because my new book, The Franchise, New York Yankees, comes out that day. See? That's a transition Real, right there. You're a professional. Available for pre-order right now on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Go get it. The Franchise? The Franchise, New York Yankees. And there's actually because I know you will have no interest in reading Yankee books. Nope. You know, you should support your buddy by buying one. Of course. Uh, 
there's a book coming out, I believe a month or two later called the franchise Boston Red Sox by my good friend, Sean McAdams. So part of a series. Oh, I remember McAdams. Books. Yeah. It's a new series from triumph books and the Yankees and the Red Sox are the first two editions are putting out. So, uh, it should be, should be fun. I'm looking forward was to McAdams it. Was McAdams the color guy, uh, the, the commentator for that? Man, yeah, he, was a, he was a beat writer and a columnist, uh, for a okay. long time. I was going to say, because I, I, I remember that name from when I was He did, he did a lot of stuff on Nesson. You, you've seen him on TV. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean McAdams. He was okay. one of the guys who did like the pregame on Nesson and that kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we're buying the book. June 7th. I'm buying it and I'm sending it to you to get autographs. Absolutely. That's perfect. Mark, thank yeah, you for the time. Okay. Now we're talking pop count. I like this. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate the time. Uh, if we don't see you before the national, maybe we'll see you then. Probably won't with the trade deadline, but we'll, uh, we'll bug you about baseball again before then. Anytime, my friend. All right, so there you go. That was Mark Feinsand from MLB Network. Uh, he did his best to fill in for Jesse. He, I feel like he knows a little bit more about sports than Jesse, which I don't love, but uh, Clayton Kershaw. Mike, did you know that, by the way? I did, yeah. Oh, for God's sake. I, I, don't, I, am, I am totally checked out mentally on baseball. Once the Celtics win the ring, I will devote more time. That is my promise to the audience. And then offline, sounds like Mark may send us a couple of those books so we'll uh, we'll probably do some sort of a giveaway and prompt up that. So uh, that drops June 7th. There you go. Uh, we're done. That's Sports Cards. Not, well, that was like half a show. It's, it's not the same without the big guy. Uh, that is Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network powered by Spotify. I forget who the guests are. We have one guest a week for like the next two or three weeks. Jesse keeps all that, so I don't have any clue who it is. I know we'll be back on Monday and Thursday next week. And we're doing a big live event. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. There will be a big event starting Saturday. Panini is doing a big um, like live signing, live content, live event thing in L.A. with a bunch of the, the new class, this class that just got drafted, uh, the NFL rookie class. So we're going to be live on the Card Shop live app. Um, again, we've got a bunch of NFT packs, some physical packs. We're going to have like, I think the, the basic premise is we're going to have like Aiden Hutchinson, a bunch of the high draft picks on for a couple minutes, rip a pack with them to give away, ask them a question or two onto the next, like a few minutes a piece. That's kind of going to be the push um, as opposed to like anything long form. So um, we'll have that rolling this weekend. That will be on Saturday. So there you go. We'll catch up with you guys Monday. Goodbye.